Thank you for listening to this artist talk produced by the Art Gallery of South Australia. In this live recording, Olga Saronis explains her work on display in Sappers and Shrapnel, Contemporary Art and the Art of the Trenches. This exhibition is free to attend and is showing until the 29th of January 2017. Hello everyone, thank you for having me here and thank you for including me in this show because I think it's absolutely fabulous. Um, us artists had the pleasure of being invited and going to Canberra, being flown all the way over there to have a look at trench art. And one of the things I was um, overwhelmed by was, I guess, um, the remnants of memory and personal narratives of the people, of the men and women that made the trench art. And I'm also thinking not just of the soldiers or the military people or the nurses that went to other countries, but also the civilians who are left behind with the remnants of war who also make art out of those remnants of war. And that was very... Um, uh, I, I saw that when I was travelling through Greece. Um, I'm Greek and my parents were refugees um, from the Greek Civil War to Czechoslovakia. So I saw a lot of the remnants of the Civil War in my parents' villages. Um, walking through the forests there in the mountains, you still see bunkers, you still can pick up bullets, empty bullets. You can also pick up... Um, uh, clothing and the same in Czechoslovakia um, when uh, in 1968 I was five years old when the Russians came to Czechoslovakia they opened up the bunkers for us and some of us some of us kids we didn't run away from the tanks we went into the bunkers to play whilst the parents went onto the road to watch and then we came later but one of the things we found was uniforms in the bunkers and we also found buttons and I've still got the uh, copper buttons from uh, a uniform and I, I even brought it to Australia as a child when we came here so being in Canberra and seeing all these remnants of war was sort of like oh yeah um, but I didn't see the link until I went to Canberra. So I came home and I started playing. I, I, I make art out of um, anything that's got a history and I recreate the history. Um, I, I still use the same narrative but I add other narrative to it and I take it in another direction. So I started working with, uh, um, um, like, uniforms. Um, when you, I, I just got back from Greece and I was always intrigued by everywhere you went, there were young people wearing army uniforms as fashion. And I thought that was the weirdest thing because when you come from conflict and seeing someone wearing an army uniform as fashion, it's, it's actually quite disturbing. And it's sort of... I started looking at our society, how we are with our history and how we so easily forget and make it into a commodity of some sort. So I started collecting... I started going to second-hand shops and buying civilian clothes made out of camouflage fabric. I also collected camouflage fabric from different 
countries. And then I started looking into the meaning of camouflage and how camouflage was designed by artists in around World War One, and how camouflage works. It looks really uh, camouflage works really well when you're still, but when you move, you're a target because you actually stand out. And this is actually a fact, which is which is really quite strange. So camouflage works really good on um, uh, still machines. So. Um, then I started looking at um, shelter and the sense of belonging and being part of something greater than yourself. And I was given a tent. Um, so I'm going to talk about these works now because I'll talk, the last thing I'm going to say is about the medals because they were the first things I started with, but then I ended up sort of going back to all the camouflage and the fabrics. Um, I was given a military tent um, that I that, that was useless. You, you couldn't use it anymore. That had lots of holes in it or whatever. And I started cutting it up and making artwork out of it. And I started using the history uh, and the narratives of my of my father and his family and my mother. And and I started sort of uh, collecting their stories. There were children who escaped a civil war like really small children who crossed mountains and kilometres on their own to get to safety. Um, and whilst they were doing that, planes were going over them and dropping bombs. Um, and so these are the stories of... Um, sorry. Um, that's a story about my father. Um, He's sick at the moment, that's why I'm like this, sorry. Um, this is, um, so these, um, these are sort of things that I work with in my studio. Um, this is about children, the, 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 the innocent people in war. And um, so this is a crutch that, um, it's a child's crutch, it's not, uh, it's small, it's, um, it's something that um, us Western society will send to war-torn countries for children who lose their, their limbs to bombs that are left behind by, by the conflict. And um, this is a, this, uh, the, the camouflage fabric is from a uniform and a, a, a World War, uh, no, it's a Vietnam uniform, that one. And so I cut that up and, um, and I used um, D-horns, um, which is, symbolizes um, uh, trauma. And, um, and I like to work with shadows as well, so it sort of changes the meaning. Is you know it's a you know it's a um, a crutch, but you don't know it's a child's crutch. Um, but it actually is. And the reason why I only used a child one and not an adult one is because I'm looking at the the civilian uh, um, loss in war wartime. Um, that one over there, that, that green cross thing, is actually a Czechoslovakian uh, christening outfit that in the... That it's not very common to be used now, but 
It's what they used to wrap their children in um, for christening or for festivities. And um, so I contacted my mother and I said, Mum, can I please have one one of those christening um, uh, bags that they used to wrap us in? And so I pulled it apart and I also uh, cut up part of the tent and I recreated it completely, um, made out of the military tent. And um, then, of course, there's the example of modern 21st century fashion garment, uh, military baby um, jumpsuit. Um, And I'm sort of playing with that whole idea of the negative and the positive aspect of um, how our, how we uh, of memory and sense of belonging. Then I started working with medals because medals um, are remnants of of um, of war, but they like a reward in a strange way of. No, um, I spoke to a lot of. Uh, not, I spoke to a few people that were given uh, medals uh, of war, um, and some of them were very, very proud of it, and some of them didn't want to even look at it. Uh, so I started exploring that whole thing of again a sense of belonging to a past and not forgetting and remembering because if we remember if we re- if we are informed of our history the chances of not following in the same mistakes is much greater. I also work with human hair because um, in my art practice I. Um, I work with identity and a sense of belonging and um, uh, personal stories. So, uh, because personal stories, no matter how personal they are, they resonate for most people because we all feel the same. You know, we all have loves, we all have hates, we all have all those emotions within us. So, it does resonate for people. So, hair is a perfect example of carrying people's, individual people's DNA's memory, identity. And I've, I've been working with hair all of my art practice and collecting hair. So, it was, uh, it was something that I wanted to use um, because it brings back the humanness, the human fragility. And when you combine that with that um, sort of that talisman of war, you can't help but to remember our short time on this planet and our fragility on this planet. So all of those medals that you see on that wall, um, only two were given to women. The rest were awarded to men. There's, um, there's one that's a peace medal. The rest are not. Um, and all the hair that you see included in there and the way that I stitched it in there and wove it in there, it's all women's hair. And, uh, and there's one child's hair. And the reason why I did that and used that specifically was because I was working with um, the, uh, the masculine and the feminine put together. And I wanted to work with that whole idea of um, 
vulnerability but also when we become vulnerable we remember and it makes us stronger I think and I don't know what other pieces I've done there um, I can't remember now I think there's the medals and there's the oh Alexandra oh okay so Alexandra is a photo so um, I went back to Greece and I was doing research about um, the Greek Civil War and I was really um, quite shocked that I was learning things that I had no idea about and actually when I came back to Australia most of the people I spoke about it also didn't know it was like the whole history was erased and um, in the Greek Civil War just, bef just before it finished um, uh, the new weapons of that era, it was, there, there was a lot of weapons that American and Eng England had left over after World War II. And they had some new stuff that they hadn't explored yet. So they dropped it on Greece, in the mountains. So there's, um, and I didn't know about that. So that's, that's what the photo's about. It's about being in Australia, being in the lucky country, thus the kangaroo um, fur coat. Being fortunate enough to be living here, but having a, having a history that's not spoken about, and where a lot of people don't actually want to know about it, so thus the stitched lips. It's that sort of silencing, but that, that thing of, um, now that I know, I can't not, not talk about it. So it's that sort of journey, that narrative that's travelling with that, uh, with, with that discovery. And, you know, I'm, I'm quite, you know, I'm, you know, a long way through my life now, fairly long, and not to have known this history um, was quite a shock to me because my parents and their parents don't like to talk about it. So, yeah, that's... And Alexandra is actually... I'm going to end with a good story. Um, if you go to Greece, if you go to Northern Greece, we all related to Alexander the Great. I don't know if you realise, but it's true. So if you go to a Greek household, they like to say to you, have you seen my Alexander the Great bust? And my mother has one, and that's what, and also most of the people I know, this is a joke though, they either call Nikos or Alexandros. And Alexandra, um, I called her Alexandra um, because of that. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. That's great. Thank you, Olga Saronis. We've got time for a couple of questions. Yep, Lee. Oh, yeah. The work, what we'll do after Olga's talk is walk through that way for Alastair's talk so everyone will get to see the work because I know not all of you have had time. The work that Lee's describing is this really, it's one of my favourites actually. But it's interesting the human hair thing, isn't it? Because some people find it really kind of icky. There's a connection with morning jewellery with Queen Victoria. There's also a Barossan tradition of working with hair, which I think is really interesting. We have works in the collection. We have a wreath made out of one woman's, the, the hair of all of her children. Uh, and she's made hair flowers, quite extraordinary. But th this particular Aphrodite's love belt is this fabulous kind of embroidered, lot, very long form that includes a whole lot of human hair and it has a kind of abject feminine power, I want to say. 
I completely for forgot about that jewellery thing, and that, that is one of my influences too, of course, is that the, the, the carrying of a lock of hair of your loved one. Um, uh, for example, my daughter's 16 and every haircut she's got, I have. So, um, yeah, yeah. So that belt, um, that embroidery was actually given to me by a Greek woman in the Greek mountains many years ago. It was unfinished. And she gave it to me to finish it off, and I'm not an embroiderer. Um, I was thinking, oh, I'll finish it, I'll take it back to her. And But um, then when I was working um, in my studio, I found it, and I thought, oh, I've got... I, I, had, I collected a lot of hair when I was going through Greece from different people, and I brought it back to my studio, and I was looking at it, and it just made sense. So instead of embroidering it with wool or cotton, I embroidered it with... Um, all the hair that I collected. And look, it's mixed. It's men's hair, mostly women's hair, but it's all mixed. And it's Aphrodite's lover's belt. Because the lover's always forgotten. We remember Aphrodite, but we don't remember all her lovers. So they're in there. And it is a belt. It was meant to be a belt. It was meant to be a belt um, that was worn for celebrations. And um, and originally I left it, for many years I left it without a backing, without a lining, sorry. And, um, and only recently I added the military fabric, which is the lining underneath. And that's quite symbolic as well. Beautiful. Thank you. Can you all join me in congratulating and thanking Olga Saronis? Great job. Great job.